Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. I know that you normally tune in to expect Pastor Jeff Figg's voice, uh, and you're not hearing Pastor Jeff. They're having some internet uh, issues up at Calvary Chapel in Greeley, uh, so I have the privilege of filling in for him today. Uh, my name is Ed Taylor. want to welcome you to today's edition. We are live, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, this gets you on the air. We talk about what's on your mind. We open the Bible together. I have my Bible open on my computer. I use a program called Logos, and I use it to for this show. I actually have a tab just for the show with some resources that I use uh, to answer your questions. So give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. And we have a dedicated texting line. 720-336-0897. That's for texting only. So Make sure you're not driving. Uh, don't text and drive, please. Be in a safe place or do it audibly. And uh, we'll try to fill uh, the time if we don't get any calls with any of the text questions. And information is available on our website. Everything about the radio stations available on our website, gracefm.com. Gracefm.com. So give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number. In the beginning of the show, you guys know that the lines are wide open. So if you've always if you've wanted to be on the show, but you're getting a busy signal or time runs out at the end of the show, the beginning of the show at the four o'clock hour is the best time to get it. Or you guys on the East Coast, you're listening at six o'clock. You guys on the West Coast, you're listening at 3 o'clock, so wherever you might be, it's live here from the studios of Grace FM in Colorado, in Aurora, Colorado. That's where Calvary Live originates from Grace FM. So welcome everyone here in Colorado. Uh, we are encouraged by the growth of our listenership of Grace FM. We're encouraged by all the new listeners we get daily. We're encouraged by the listenership that we're gaining online through our app and through our website. So welcome to the family. Welcome to the family of Grace FM, a ministry outreach of the church here, Calvary Church, uh, that we happen to be celebrating 20-year anniversary. And I was looking yesterday, uh, this year is our ninth year birthday of Grace FM. Nine years we've been on the air. And how time flies, just flies right by us. And so give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go right to the phone lines. Kimberly's calling from Broomfield, Colorado. Kimberly, welcome to the program. 
Bye, Pastor Ed. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I'm calling you initially with an update. I had okay. called you in February because I attended a church that blesses gay marriage, and I wasn't sure if me attending that church was um, condoning uh, that I would also believe in that. And you yes. suggested that I try Calvary Broomfield with Pastor Kevin, and yes. we started going there full-time after Easter, and it has been such a huge blessing. Thank you. Oh, good. You're you're welcome. And, you know, you landed in a very good, safe place. Kevin and Ashley are very wonderful people and will take good care of you. Oh, yes. Yes. They've done so very well so far. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay, what can I do for you? I have another question, though, and I guess <clears throat> because I've been in a more liberal church setting that it wasn't brought up until we started Calvary. And when we take the Lord's Supper, it's been mentioned that we should be fully right with God, and I was just curious as to what that meant. Well, there is a passage in Scripture that is uh, uh, instructive of warning around the communion table uh, to the church in Corinth, and the church in the city of Corinth, uh, by the time Paul had spent 18 months there, and then he left. He got wind of how quickly the church went south. Uh, the leadership went south, and because the leadership went south, so did the church. And one of the problems they were having was this time of the Lord's Supper, or even uh, what was known as the agape feast, or a love feast, where they'd come together as a church family and share a meal, and at the same time, part of that meal would be in commemoration of the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. And so there's a warning there, and it's a specific warning to that church in particular. And then from that warning, we then get, um, we, we then come um, and we have a principle of warning for us. So let's make sure that we understand that there isn't anyone uh, perfect that partakes of communion. That's impossible. Uh, right. The only way... The only way that we can come to the communion table uh, is is through the grace of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that enables us to come to the communion table. And so when we come, though, we can't come lightly. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul gives instruction on communion, and then he says that there's an unworthy way to take it. And so he says in verse 27, of chapter 11. <clears throat> Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. So number one, an unworthy manner is when we come to the communion table and we don't examine ourselves. Um, that's the essence of it, where the idea of remembering the body and the blood of Jesus is in order to line up our lives with the life of surrender and submission to Jesus. And he says in verse 29, whoever drinks and eats in an unworthy manner will eat and drink judgment to himself. And here's another part of the unworthiness, and that is not discerning the Lord's body. Um, and that's an important thing to consider, not discerning the Lord's body. And the idea behind that word discerning is is having a... a 
uh, an examining uh, an examination of ourselves, but also recognizing the significance of what we're doing. Um, and so the, the, the thought behind uh, this discerning, um, this discernment that we bring to the Lord's table is that we're considering all that we're doing, uh, that we are recognizing uh, the reality and being reminded again of the God's grace and mercy and forgiveness in us. And, and I think that the summary of all this is that we don't come uh, we don't come to the Lord's table thinking that we can just be in rank rebellious sin and partake of the elements uh, without considering who Jesus is, thinking about what he did for us on the cross, uh, surrendering ourselves, repenting. Um, there's a lot of things that would be involved in that, but the reality is is it is possible to take communion in an unworthy manner, but it's not that you would come perfect because you can't come perfect. Right. Okay. And I found just along the lines with what I was thinking, but I I just needed to ask. And I found this. I found just the opposite to take place really in our culture, in our day and age, and that's this. We pass out the elements, or like for us on our midweek study, we have the elements available for the body, uh, for believers. And, And so when we pass out the elements, there are always people that are there that say, I'm not worthy to take communion, so I won't take it. I don't want it. I'm not worthy. I'm all messed up. But that, that, and so what they do is they refuse to take of the elements, which puts them in a worse position uh, than than just taking the elements as an, and admitting that they're weak and beggarly and you know they got all these issues in their life. Because the whole purpose of communion is to remind us of our unworthiness and the grace of God. And so mm-hmm. there's this false condemnation that we put on ourselves when in our worst condition is exactly when we should come to the communion table because something, even though it's a practical thing that we do, something very um, mysterious and spiritual takes place as we commune, not primarily with each other. Communion is all about communing with Jesus in a special way. Mm-hmm. Well, I surely appreciate all of your time and wisdom and, and that's a great question. I think keep asking them because the more you study the Bible, the more some of the things you've learned before, you're just going to like, that's not what I learned before. And and it's kind of mm-hmm. a humbling thing that you're in a place now because of where you've come from, where you're excited about learning all kinds of neat things in the Bible as it's taught verse by verse. But the humbling thing is, is like, man, I've got to unlearn some things. Yes. Yes, but fortunately, I get that opportunity. That's right. Praise God. Yes. Thank you. Have a beautiful weekend. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Got an open line. Grab it while you can. Text me, 720-336-0897. Anna in Aurora, Colorado. Anna, welcome to the program. Hey, Anna, are you with us? Anna, Anna, she had a question about somebody that has a, has um, uh, books or something on logos. So call us back, Anna. Let's go on to line three is Pat in Centennial. Pat, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? You're on the air. Hi. I, uh, Who's this? I'm Dave from Baltimore. Oh, yeah, okay, I had a quick Dave, question. We... Um, okay. 
We are born in sin, and Jesus was sin-free, but he was born man. So was he born in sin with original sin? He was not sin? born in sin. Yeah, he so was Jesus not born was in born sin. in sin. He was not born in sin. Oh, but he because was born seed, a man. I know he's from God through the Virgin Mary, but okay. Right. He does not have a father that is human in origin, which according Correct. to Romans, sin is passed on through Adam. So he, the, the incarnation is what we're referring to as God the Son coming in human flesh, is a miracle. And part of the miracle was that Mary conceived without a human father. And so okay. therefore Jesus was not born in sin. He is not born in sin, touched by sin, and it's part of the miraculous incarnation of the Son of God. Okay, yeah, I kind of thought he wasn't, but then I was like, well, maybe, uh, you know, she was born man, so, okay, that cleared that up for me then. Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for calling. Okay, have a blessed day. All right, God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, uh, do we still have line three? Uh, Do we want to go to Pat in Centennial? Pat, are you with us? All right, we might have pushed a couple wrong buttons. Uh, so be patient with us. We're training. Uh, we have a new producer training. So just be patient with us. If you accidentally get dropped off, please call back. Uh, the number to dial is 303-690-3000. And you can always get back on the air because I think all lines are open. 303-690-3000. And it's so encouraging. We got calls from California, from Arizona. Uh, we got a call from Maryland. Uh, we got some feedback this uh, week from Philadelphia. So a shout-out to everyone listening on Hope FM, a shout-out to everyone listening on Truth FM, and a shout-out to everyone listening online, a shout-out to everyone on Grace FM, and many other stations are picking up Calvary Live, and we're grateful that you do, that you would trust us. Um, if you're new to the station, new to the show, Calvary Live is hosted by different pastors. Uh, I... Uh, I I host the show. My regular days are Wednesdays and Thursdays. And we also have Pastor Nick Cady, who has a regular day. I believe he's Monday. And then we also have Pastor Jeff Figs, a Calvary Chapel pastor up in Greeley, Colorado. He does Tuesdays and Fridays. And we have a few other pastors that fill in, (coughs) excuse me, as guests uh, when we are away on a trip or teaching or any of that. And so we kind of work together. Uh, and and the neat thing about Calvary Live is it's not a Bible answer man show as much as it is a pastoral care show where we open up the Bible and address what's on your mind. And there is definitely, you know, answering of Bible questions, but there's a lot of prayer, a lot of encouragement, a lot of testimony, exactly what we would need on a radio station uh, that we're, like yesterday, we got the testimony of the brother that says, you know, I used to listen to sports radio and stuff, and I get all fired up about it. But then I found the Earth Station. I found Grace FM. And it's encouraging me on the road. And it's encouraging me in the, in, on the app. And good. That's exactly why we did it. 303-690-3000. We're going to go to line two is Chris. Chris is calling from Castle Rock, Colorado. Chris, welcome to the program. Hi. You're on the air, Chris. <laughs> so uh, I'm currently studying through uh, Genesis. Okay. Uh, I'm not all the way through the book, but there's mention that God walked in human form, or even with Abraham, he showed up with a couple of angels, and 
Yes. Had a conversation with him. I'm wondering if this is referring to Jesus. It actually is pre- referring to Jesus. It's something known as a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Uh, before he took on a human body, the Son of God existed eternally, and like you saw in um, in what was it? Is it Genesis 13 when when they arrive? Um, trying to look. Is it 13, 15? Uh, I think it's 13. Is that when they show up? Uh, maybe it's 12. But at any rate, um, you see him show up to the tents of Abram uh, and encourage him. So yes, they are known as pre-incarnate appearances of Jesus. And that includes the, the Garden of Eden? It says they walked, with, they walked with God. I'm curious, is that referring to Jesus as well? You know, I think what we're, we now what we see back in the beginning in the garden is I think that we see a metaphor being used that it spoke of a deep personal encouragement with the triune God. Uh, but it's very possible, even though there's really no specific indication that Jesus showed up there in the in a human body. It's very possible that he did. But I think that's more um, speaking of the kind of intimacy of relationship that Adam and Eve enjoyed with uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that we will enjoy in the paradise of the new heaven and the new earth. But does it open up the realm of possibility? Yes, there's just no indication specifically that it happened like we have with Abraham. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking. Okay, thank you. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Got a text coming in. I came to Calvary Easter morning and have been attending service ever since. I'm from New York, and the only keeping thing keeping me strong in Colorado is worshiping and fellowshipping at Calvary Church. So thank you for that. Um, thank you for that encouragement. We count it a privilege to serve you. Uh, and um, I believe... I've been a part of this church for 20 years, and I believe it's a wonderful, God-honoring, blessed church. We're not a perfect church. Um, We don't do everything perfectly, but we are a growing family, and God has a purpose for our church, um, a growing community that he has used over the years to minister. So thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome from New York. We're glad you're here. 303-690-3000. Rosemary from Aurora, Colorado. Rosemary, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How are you? Very good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I got a question. Uh, okay. I'm wondering if it's okay to pay tight to an individual pastor or, or a deacon or a deaconess in the church. The answer to that question is no. It is not okay to pay tithes to an individual pastor. Uh, the Bible right. indicates that the tithe belongs to the Lord. And so it right. come, remember, the original purpose of the tithe was to come into the temple to take care of the priests and the Levites, you know, really the Levites that were taking care of the temple and the priests right. there. And, and so it was, and when you come to the New Testament, when offerings and tithes were brought to the early church, they were given to the leadership of the church for the purposes of taking care of the church. So no, in no way whatsoever does the tithe 
is the tithe to be given to an individual man. It's be, it's to be given to the church, and the leadership of the church is responsible for it. Right. I I I thought I thought as much because I uh, I did it one time and I didn't feel okay with it because I I've been working with this uh, new pastor who has been helping me grow in the Lord, and then he. He told me to be paying the tithe to him, and I did it one time. One time, I didn't feel okay with it, and, uh, I, and since then I've been kind of worried about it, and uh, I, th- I I don't want to do it anymore. Don't do it anymore. Whatever that man is asking for, even even as he helped you, he needs to remember freely he's received, so freely he gives to you, and he is not right. to take money from you. Uh, if you decide to give a gift or a gift card because somebody helped you, that's different. Uh, but for a right. man to demand for you to pay the tithe, you should no longer fellowship with this man. He is not good in your life. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank okay, you. Rosemary. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. There's a text follow-up for the uh, sin um, question about Joseph. Doug texted in. He says, why wouldn't Mary pass on the sin gene uh, to Jesus during the pregnancy? Because, number one, there's no such thing as the sin gene. It is not something that's passed through our DNA. It's something that's passed through our human father. According to Romans, sin is a spiritual issue. It is not a physical issue. So there's no DNA to pass on. That sin is passed on through the sin of Adam. It, it, remember, remember the first sin that was committed was actually committed by Eve. But in Adam's sin, he becomes the federal headship of the responsible party for sin in all of humanity. So all of humanity, men, women, boys and girls, every person in humanity from Adam and Eve receive sin, the sin principle, uh, not because of our DNA, not because of our human DNA, but because of our spiritual DNA that comes through Adam. Now, a follow-up question, Doug, might be this. Well, why, why was it Adam and not Eve? Well, we're taught in Romans that it's by one man sin entered the world, so that we accept that. One man sin entered the world, because if by one man sin entered the world, then also one man sin can be dealt with. And so that is the plan and program of God. It came through Adam. Jesus was not a product of Adam. Uh, He was born supernaturally by the Father himself, uh, in a miraculous birth, never to be repeated ever, never, ever again. And it's because of Adam's sin, we are all uh, under the pain and penalty of sin. And it's because of the second Adam's sacrifice that all of humanity can be saved if they turn away from their sin. Great follow-up. I'm glad you text me, Doug. 303-690-3000. We're going to move on to Loveland, Colorado. Line three is, is it Jeffy? Yes. Welcome to the program. Is it Jeff or Jeffy? Jesse. Jesse, Jesse, gotcha. All right, Jesse, you're on the air. Okay, my question is, we had a speaker last night at church, and if I understood him right, he was saying he was a Christian, 
uh, he was gay at the same time. And that's my question. Can that be so? Or, I mean, everything I've read, I don't know. Okay, so first of all, why are you in a church that would invite a speaker like that? I don't know. Okay, so consider that. We'll set that aside for a second, but you should truly consider that. Um, there is a lot of confusion on this topic today, which really shouldn't be. There shouldn't be confusion, confusion on this. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators or idolaters or adulterers or homosexuals or sodomites or thieves or covetous or drunkards or revilers nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And, and so is it, is it possible to, is it possible to, let me ask you this, let me ask you a question. Is, is it possible to have a brother in the church and say, I'm a repetitive thief I never have any. I'm going to steal until I die, and I expect to be uh, in heaven. What's your answer? Is that going to? Is that person going to be in heaven? Uh, no, I, I agree Probably with you. Probably not. And I agree that the two can't. To me, they can't coexist. And if I understood him right, and that's what he was saying or or telling us. And to me, it's like you know, if I had a alcohol or drug problem at one time but if he's if 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 he's uh confessed the sin and no longer gay i've read an article about that too then that's i think that's different right and i think i think it's important that we understand that we all were born in sin so we all have sinful issues uh some people are tempted toward adultery. Some people are tempted toward fornication. Some people are tempted toward thievery. Uh, in my life, prior to Christ, I was tempted and 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 lived a life of rank, rank rebellious sin in a lot of different areas. And unfortunately, because of the climate of our culture and really the world's culture, this issue of homosexuality is is has a spotlight on it. But it it is a sin like anyone else, and uh, like anything else. And once a person is born again, he's a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So that now a habitual thief is no longer a thief in Christ. They're a new creation. Uh, for me, as a habitual drunkard and drug user, I'm no longer that. I've been saved. I've been changed and radically transformed. I'm a new creation in Christ. So someone that comes from a homosexual lifestyle is no longer a homosexual. They're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But here's the thing, and this is the thing to remember. People can still be tempted by their old sins as a new creation in Christ. And right. That leads to confusion. So we have this category of people that might consider themselves same-sex attracted. And is it possible for a believer to be attracted to the same sex? It is possible, just like it's possible for a married woman to be attracted to another man and be tempted that way. But temptation is not a sin, and temptation is not our identity. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. So if what that man was saying last night is that it's okay to live in homosexual sin, in fornication, in adultery, and expect to be in the kingdom, I would challenge that by saying, if you think you can live in sin, I wonder if you're really born again. Right. 
I, I agree with that. And I, I hope I didn't misunderstand what he was trying to say. And hang on just one minute. Well, you know what? We're coming up on the break, brother. we got to go. So um, God bless you, and thanks for calling. All right. We're coming up on the break. Uh, we'll be right back here. You'll hear the music in a minute. This is Calvary Live. I know you're expecting to hear Pastor Jeff Figs today. Uh, he is the normal host today, but he and his building up in Greeley, Colorado, is uh, got some internet issues. And so an email went out looking for someone to fill in, and I said, oh, I can do it today. Uh, my name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary Church. I have the privilege of overseeing Grace FM and the, where Calvary Live originates from. And so you hear the music, a couple minutes, we'll be right back. One open line, grab it while you can. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. Glad you joined us. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions and my name is Ed Taylor. I am uh, filling in today because we have some internet issues up in Greeley. Uh, so I get to do this broadcast. It's not my normal day, but I love to fill in when I can. And we've got uh, full lines. Let's see. We've got an open line. Grab it while you can. Uh, and let's see. We're going to move into Greeley. Uh, line two is Anetta in Greeley, Colorado. Anetta, welcome to the program. Hey, Anetta, are you with us? All right, we're going to move on to line one is Naya in Centennial. Naya, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello, welcome. You're on the air. Uh, yes, sir. So I have a question. Um, I'm, I'm a, a diehard Christian, um, and I, I know how the world is going to, one day we are going to, you know, the, the world's going to perish. But I, I don't like how they use Jesus' name in vain so frequently. I've come against some people and not trying to be mean, but kind of expressing them, expressing to them the importance how that name shouldn't just be used as a cuss word or something you can just use freely without understanding the meaning of it. Um, yes. I kind of had, I kind of didn't get a good um, response back for those people because maybe they don't understand. But then, so most of the time, I, I don't say anything. I get upset and I pray, but I just feel like I should say stuff and I ask the Lord to kind of give me um, words to say if I need to, and sometimes yes. I don't feel that Holy Spirit urging me to say something, but so what I do, I just pray for them. But I just, I feel like as, uh, as a Christian, should I, I feel like I should say more, but I don't want to say it without the Holy Spirit leading me because I don't want to lead someone away from Christ. So I just wanted that's to exactly, get your thoughts on that. That's exactly where you should be, uh, being responsive okay. to the leading of the Holy Spirit and turning it around in the positive, you know, where sometimes we... Uh, you know, I always, whenever I have to say something difficult, you know, because the role that I've been put in uh, as a pastor and a leader, many times correction and uh, rebuke, and mm -hmm. uh, God has entrusted to me many times to say hard things. And there's t really two ways in my mind that you can do, you can do this. Um, and Jude mm -hmm. really speaks about this. Sometimes you pull somebody out of the fire, you know, it's very abrupt, 
and, mm-hmm. and sometimes you walk alongside of them and you speak to them. And I, in my mind, I always like this. Sometimes when I say something difficult, it's almost like I really have to get right face to face with you and be very stern with you and mm-hmm. because you're not listening or because you're, but that's very rare. Most of the time, I like to picture myself putting my arm around a shoulder and walking with the brother along the way. Or, you know, if I'm walking with a sister, to walk alongside of her and to explain mm-hmm. something to her rather than be right up, you know, the I reserve that up in your face for very difficult conversations. Most of them are like Jesus when he came to that, to the to the two guys on the road to Emmaus. He just walked with them mm-hmm. and explained to them and opened the scriptures to them. And, and I think that that's what you do with the people that you take the Lord's name in vain. They... They may not know better. They may not care. They yeah. may not be saved, you know, and so you're coming alongside of them to explain to them a better way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, you yeah, they say something hard. and you say, <laughs> hey, I just heard the, I just heard what you said. And, you know, the, um, that, that's something that, that I would never say. And, and what, why would you say it? Or you're like, you're just wanting to step into their life. Um, I know for mm-hmm. me before I was saved, Ma'am, my I had the most foul mouth. <laughs> However, when somebody mm-hmm. would call me on it, um, especially like a an elder, they I would I would have a respect toward them. I may not agree with them, mm-hmm. but I would mm-hmm. have a respect toward them and they would be, you know, if it was a believer, they could be planting maybe they did, maybe God will show me one day that there were people planting seeds in my life because they didn't like me saying really bad words all the time. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I, I did have a supervisor, and she said she used it. She just used it freely. You know, she knew about Jesus, but she's like, that's just what people say now. I'm like, well, that's not. You know, that's a very sacred name. That name has power. So I, yes. I just feel like I feel less as a person because I don't say anything. I just pray, and I'm like, oh Lord, I don't want to make you think that I don't love you. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Well, you might you might have a you might have a sensitive conscience because when when you. When you know when you are relating to God because of your performance, remember mm-hmm. that's not grace. Grace is that God loves you whether you say something or not. And okay. so when you mm-hmm. say being led by the Spirit, if you really believe that the Spirit's telling you just let it go, then you have mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. no need for you to feel bad about that or feel bad about okay. yourself. And and also there isn't a moment in time where God doesn't love you any more than He loves you right now. And that's the grace right. of God. Right, right. Thank God for the grace. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. All right. right. Bye-bye. Have a good day. (laughs) Thanks. Hey, we've got a follow-up question on line three from Longmont, Colorado. Melanie, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, So, yeah, it's a follow-up question with what Jesse was saying in regards to the gay guest speaker. And um, just that I know that um, you had responded with... um, a verse saying about uh, those will not, the those people will not inherit the kingdom, but isn't that different than right. entering in? I thought that um, for all who confessed no. and called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and will um, know and have that security that they will have eternal life in heaven, and because those sins are already paid for. Um, right. Okay, like so even, let's break these down into categories. Um, the Let's start with the first part of your question. In Corinthians, okay. that's that's not a separate relationship with God. It's not like some people get the kingdom and other people don't, because the definition that God gives us through Christ is only one of two. You only have one of two options. You're either born again and you're inside, 
or you're not born again and you're outside. Uh, you're either okay. born again and have eternal life with God or you're not born again and you have eternal separation from God. So then let's go to let's go to that thought of what does it mean by the unrighteous? Because when a person is born again, although that person will not become sinlessly perfect, repentance mm -hmm. will reflect a change of life. So that when a okay. man stands in the pulpit and says, it's okay for you to participate in homosexuality and homosexual sex and be a oh, believer, no. he's not communicating what the gospel communicates. Uh, oh, no, I absolutely 100% agree with that. I guess I just, I tuned in sort of in between that, and so I just wanted to, right. to talk, to hear a little bit more about that, so... And so temptation, like, and so that's why I added that element of temptation, because many people will confuse temptation, because it lists, you know, the, the reason I like that passage in 1 Corinthians is that it doesn't isolate the sin of homosexuality. There's other things that are a lot more common, like stealing, Exactly, which idolatry. brings me to another question, like, what if a Christian was doing really good, and then they get backslidden, and they fall back into that, like, a, you know, like it says, the dog returns to the vomit, but then there's that other verse, like, oh, well, I'm the vilest offender, but I truly believe, and therefore, you know, so it's like, I get, it's hard to, you know, I mean, if you truly believe in Jesus as your Savior, and you've called upon Him, but then, you know, you go through these periods of life where you're great, and then you just get pounded by the, the fiery darts of the devil, and you get thrown down, and you're back in your old ways, like, does that mean that we won't inherit or enter in? Well, that's, I mean, I that's guess that's question. more like what I would... Yeah. Well, I think we have to keep our categories in order, right? So only believers backslide, and I do believe in the backslidden Christian. I do believe that. I do believe that believers can make some really bad decisions in their life that are not reflective of the dwelling of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And, yeah. we, you know, the Bible uses the word backsliding. But I also believe there are people that are self-deceived, that think they're saved because they went through some cultural, because they attend church or they do good deeds or they claim right. to be saved but have no relationship with Jesus Christ at all. And, and, and so what about those people that backslide? Well, like the prodigal son, we pray that they come to the end of themselves before they ultimately destroy themselves and lose everything. Uh -huh. uh, and. Yeah. And so the idea of this warning in First Corinthians and many other places is, guys, listen, if you are practicing these things, you, you, it's a sign to watch out. It's not a sign for excuses. It's not a sign for, well, you know, I'm just a backslidden believer. It's like, hey, uh -huh. if, if I see somebody in our church practicing these things, we will bring a biblical standard to their life. Because I don't know if people right. are saved or not, right? I don't know the hearts of people. So here's what sure. we've adopted. If you say you're a believer— We'll treat you like a believer. Uh, mm, if you say yeah. you're a believer and you're acting like an unbeliever, we'll treat you like an unbeliever and we'll call you to repentance. But either okay. way, we're going to look past your behavior. Like if I saw somebody uh, that was, let's say, let's set that one. Um, let's say that they um, are an, uh, per, uh, um, unrepentant adultery. Well, we're going to mm -hmm. confront that sin and call them to repentance. Okay. And, Okay. We're not going to allow that. We're, we're, and they right. can't say, let's say they're coming Sunday morning and they go, oh, you know, uh, you know, I'm just in adultery because I'm backslidden. No, man, that's not how it works. You're in re unrepentant, rebellious sin, and you will be brought under church discipline uh, for the sake, whether you're, you know, I don't know if you're a believer or not, but if you pretend to be one in our church, we'll treat you like one and bring you to repentance, uh, bring you to church discipline so that maybe you'll be 
convicted by the Lord and come back to him. But to have a guy stand in the pulpit as a guest and say, yeah, it's okay to be a homosexual as a believer. Oh, no, I completely don't. No, no, absolutely that not. Was the, that was the beginning of his call. Okay. All right. I see. Okay, well, thank you. So that helps <clears throat> me understand a bit more. And I like how you say that you would, you know, that for the backslider, that you would, um, and you question that the person that may not be backslidden yet self-defeated, but there can be Christians that truly believe in their heart and are saved that can fall back into the same sins um, in the past. And I that think they that if they're... And, tempt, and that's one of the things that we... that we That's why, be, as Christians, we have to... There's a, there's a nuance. Jesus, per, Jesus showed this perfectly, that there's a nuance in how he approached people. And he approached people differently in, in truth, because he approached them according to who they were and where they were, and even what kind of problems they had, whether it was sinful problems or misunderstanding of God. And the people he was the hardest against were actually the religious rulers that were misrepresenting God. And I think right. we have the church, the church has a great opportunity to reach a, a group of people that are confused, that are caught up in their own sin, just like all of us. We can't forget where we came from. Uh, homosexuality yeah. wasn't a problem for me. Uh, that that's never been a sin in my life, ever, never been a temptation. But fornication was, right, uh, in a right. huge way, and that's in the same list. And so, yeah. somebody had or to approach they, me. Yeah, well, and weren't the apostles like that? I mean, wasn't Paul an idolatry? Like, an, or, yes, um, covetous. <clears throat> uh, what was it? Um, what is that really cheat? He was a. Um, Adulterer well, he had a and, lot of problems. He was a yeah. Murderer. I mean, it's just like a lot of the <clears throat> apostles had these like sins that I feel like they were habitual, but they were trying. I don't know. That's why so I, example, I wonder if the, you, you could still be a hundred percent saved, but still have these issues in life that just like tear you down. That you fall the back into these things. Yes. You can be a hundred percent saved and wrestle with sin. And temptation. It's horrible. Yes. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, okay, well, thank you for answering. If you could just pray for me, that would be great. Okay. Um, and thanks for answering my questions. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Before I pray for you, let me give a couple of little thoughts, too, because, okay. you know, sometimes besetting sins can can actually be very burdensome for the believer. You know, you yeah, can get Yeah, I feel like you're right. You know, because they temptation. keep popping up no matter how hard you try, and you want to follow Jesus and you're a Christian, <laughs> but you... It's hard sometimes. And and I think we we have different standards too that we maybe don't we don't remember when it comes to our relationship with God. For example, it is God's heart. Let's say in the in the context of a marriage that one of the spouses commits adultery. Um the the other spouse there's a good chance that they will forgive. But what if that what if that spouse continues to habitually commit adultery uh with six other women or six other men? There's going to come a point in time when the other spouse says, you really don't have a relationship with me at all. Yeah, you, you're I, not oh, I hear me. that. That's and good. that's kind of, the, that's kind of the, the, the revelation that there's no real relationship is by that person's habitual sin. And so when I see habitual sin in someone's life, I will always question whether they're saved or not. And there's a difference between a believer battling sin. As a matter of fact, what I hear in your voice right now gives me deep evidence that you are a believer, because if you weren't, you wouldn't care. Yeah, thank you. I you, appreciate that. You wouldn't care. 
And so I did yeah. a series of messages. I'd encourage you to get them and listen to them on this, this topic of battling with our past and living in the present. It's on our app. It's called, uh, oh, geez, I don't remember what we called it, something about the past. It's right on our homepage. Um, okay. I'm going to open an app here. We called it Being Free from Our Past. And Being Free from Our Past? Okay. Yeah, it's like the third one down on the left-hand side. And, okay. you know, it's messages like no condemnation, how do I deal with my past, Jesus has made us free, how forgiveness sets us free, how to abide in Christ, really good stuff that would speak to some of the wrestlings that you're going through at this stage in your walk. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So let's pray. Father, I pray for my sister as she comes to a new revelation in her relationship with you and and even what she heard in that call with Jesse kind of pricked her heart, and, and she wanted to have clarity, Lord, and what it means to follow you, and, and what it means, what's this issue of besetting sins and temptations. So I just pray you'd establish her in her walk, and I pray in particular that you would give her um, the ability to walk in the victory that's already hers, that you would give her and reveal to her the power to say no to temptation and sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Well, call back in a couple months and tell us where you're at. <laughs> okay, I will. All right. Bye, Melanie. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Again, download our free app uh, on your smartphone or your tablet. Go to whatever uh, whatever device you're using. Go to your store. Just put in Calvary Ed Taylor, or we tested it. If you just put in the name Ed Taylor, our free app will pop up, download it, uh, turn on notifications, and and then we'll communicate with you that way. And then also right on the homepage are some really important uh, series that I've done that speak to some of these things. And then every Bible study I've ever taught is available free because a lot of the questions that you're asking have been answered through the systematic verse-by-verse teaching of the Bible that we do here at Calvary Church. And that's a consistent theme of the Calvary Chapel family of churches we teach through the Bible. Now, we're not the only church that teaches through the Bible. So you want to find a church that teaches through the Bible. Um, but we are grateful for our little family of churches and, and um, would encourage you. We have on our website, Grace FM, if you're here in Colorado, we have a list of churches that we're in fellowship with that we um, trust the leadership there and you would be safe there. So you can just go to Grace FM, and I think there's a somewhere on there it says Recommended Churches. All right, let's move on to New Jersey. Uh, Kim is calling on line two in New Jersey. Kim, welcome to the program. Kim, are you with us? All right, Kim, you had a question about the feasts. Uh, are, they, are they still for today? You are more than welcome to celebrate them in your worshipful Uh, connection to Jesus in the New Covenant, but they are no longer binding. Or you could say they are no longer required. So if you want to celebrate them, great. If you don't want to celebrate them, great, because Jesus Christ is the fulfillment. Text question, if a Christian succumbs to the temptation of adultery and genuinely repents, is he or she restored to fellowship with God? Yes, 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 yes. Read Psalm 51 for an answer to that. It is so, so good. What 
does here's another question what does the bible say about women leadership in the church uh can they be deacons pastors and elders the bible definitely teaches that women are deaconesses there's phoebe is mentioned as one and in first uh, timothy uh, the qualifications for deacons and deaconesses are there so women certainly can hold very high important levels of leadership but i believe the bible limits the role of elder and pastor to men. And that is not a statement of women's value. It is a statement of the order of leadership that God ordained. I also believe that women can teach, uh, that they can teach under the authority of the pastoral elders of the church, uh, and that they can teach. I think that women can teach men uh, in some settings. I just believe the limitation of women is to the elder pastor. Uh, and and so, you know, there is some kind of uh, debate over that, and we've spent a lot of time debating on it. I would just say come to a conclusion and move forward in the Lord. How can we minister to Jehovah's Witnesses? I would encourage you to pick up this book and equip yourself. Reasoning from the Scriptures with Jehovah's Witnesses by Ron Rhodes. R-H-O-D-E-S. All of his books are great, but the first one that he wrote on this topic was for the Jehovah Witnesses. Pick it up and become equipped so that you know what you believe first, and then secondly, you know what they believe as you're ministering to them. Because you have to remember, they have been trained and they spend all of their time not learning the Bible like you do. As a believer in Jesus, you are being uh, taught the Bible. Like at our church, you're being taught the whole Bible every week, the character and nature of God. For a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness, they are not being taught the Bible. They are being taught the, the false teaching of Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons. They're, and they're also being taught how to confuse people uh, because they themselves are confused because they have no relationship with God. They're doing it all in the human realm. And so they, they're taught to confuse. There was this guy that walked in our building not too long ago, and I walked up in on him, and, and uh, he was going all over the place. You know, you ask a question, you'd ask a question. And then he'd go, what about this? And you answer. And, then what about th- and, and he was doing that with one of the pastors. And so I walked up and listened, and I stopped him. And I said, what about this? And he says, well, you know. And I said, no, I'm not going to say another word to you. I'm not going to let you go anywhere else until you answer this question. Well, you know, I said, nope, I'm not going to, I would not allow him to follow his script. But instead, I required him to dialogue on one particular truth, which he was ill-equipped to deal with the Greek language. He was ill-equipped to deal with the context. He was ill-equipped actually to answer the most basic question based on the, I forget the verse exactly, but it was one that he ended up leaving very angry, very upset. And you go, oh, Ed, you know, it's a bummer that they left um, very angry and upset, to which I would say, yes, I agree. It is a bummer. But the good news is, is that the seeds of the truth and the gospel were planted in this brother's life, or not a brother in Christ, but this man's life. And he left knowing the truth more than when he walked in. So pick up the book, to equip yourself, reasoning from the scriptures with Jehovah Witnesses, but you got to understand, if you don't have a good handle on the Bible, they're going to come and confuse you, and it's in that confusion that they want to steal you away 
because it may, they, they sound like they know the answers, but they don't. And, you know, they don't even come to our doorstep here anymore because of whatever they put our address on there. Because, you know, one of the tactics that we were taught to use is, you know, they always come to your door by two by two. Uh, and one is more mature and one is younger. And I always like to talk to the younger one because the younger one doesn't know yet. And usually they get very flustered and frustrated and um, because they come to my house to, to confuse my kids and my wife and you're on my doorstep, so um, I want to talk truth with you, and I want to give you the truth in love, but I also want you to know that I'm not going to allow you to confuse my family. 303, and that means my church family too, <laughs> is the shepherd of the church. 303-690-3000. we got a couple minutes left. We're going to move to Maryland again. Uh, Michelle is calling from Maryland. Michelle, welcome to the program. Hello, good evening. How are you doing? Good evening. Who am I speaking to? Because I'm listening to this family line right now. My name is Ed. Ed Taylor. Oh, yeah, Ed Taylor. Hi, Ed Taylor. How are you doing? Hi, Ed. Hi, Michelle. I've listened to your preaching some some time ago on the radio. Oh, wonderful. Uh, I was captioning Calvary Live on the radio like two weeks ago. All right. So it really encouraged me, but today is something that will be real brief and not too long. I'm in a situation where God is dealing with me, with my children. In the book of Genesis, Jacob returns to Bethel, Genesis 35. Then uh, God I'm sorry, but it's, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Like there's an echo. Um, or um, then God Can you said, repeat go, that? Go to Bethel. Okay. In, in Genesis chapter 35. Okay, and let me get there And this will be a you. revival. Because when I was dating my children's father... He was in Jehovah's Witness. Okay. And he beat me down to the floor, and I got away from him. But my okay. children, they are going through a whole lot. My son, Byron, he's on pain killer pills. Okay. Can you pray for him that God can deliver him and keep him from all her harm and danger, Marty and Byron? And, um, uh, and what was the other name? Uh, what was the other name, your daughter's name? Martia, and my son named Byron. Okay, well, let's pray because we're coming up on the end of the show today. So, Father, we do lift up uh, here in Maryland Michelle's kids, Byron and Martia, because of all that they've experienced in their life, that you would deliver Byron from the, this pain uh, so that he wouldn't have to take these this medication anymore. And even if he's become addicted to it, that you would break the bonds of addiction in his life and that he would find his full sufficiency in you and finds that strength in you. And so I pray, God, that you would be with Michelle as, he, as she continues to minister the gospel to her children and that you would cover them and draw them into deep relationship with you. In Jesus' name, Jesus amen. name. amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. All right. God bless you. you. Bye-bye. Okay, we got one minute. We're going to try to take this call from D. I don't think we have enough time, but that's D from Loveland. Uh, go ahead and answer your question in 30 seconds, and I'll give you a 30-second answer. Um, I was just wondering if you could speak to families. That go, I think I go to the church that Jesse was calling about, and we chose okay. to not participate. So if you could just speak okay. to the families that are kind of in a, a bind as to how to proceed. I don't want to teach my kids to jump ship if, it, if there's a challenge all the time, but I also am very disquieted okay. in my spirit about it. And I'm going to hang up you... and let you wrap it up. Thanks. Okay. 
I think you guys, uh, D, and those that are in this particular church need to talk to the elders and the pastors. Um, uh, it, depending on what kind of leadership structure you have, you should go to the man that teaches the most. You know, what we in our church, we would call that the senior pastor and express. Uh, I wouldn't do it by email. Although you can if you'd like, but Matthew 18 says, if a brother's offended you, go to him, to him, you and him alone. And this is such a significant, if indeed I understood, and D, if you understood correctly what this man said, um, if, he, if, if, he stood, if, if the leadership of a church allowed someone to stand in the pulpit on the authority of God and say it's okay to live in unrepentant, any kind of sexual sin and still be a believer and have no desire and they're going to die that way, they're going to die in their sin, that is not biblical. But because I didn't hear the message, I don't know exactly what was said. So number one, I would get clarity on what was said. And secondly, I would, because you want to hear both sides, so I would get clarity on what was said because it could be misunderstood. And, and then I would go to the leadership of the church and express my, and if the leadership of the church is saying, this is the direction we're going, then you can't follow that direction. We recently had someone in our pulpit that uh, lived the homosexual lifestyle for many years and has repented and now lives by a godly sexuality and identifies himself uh, not as a heterosexual, but as a man of God. He could have been misunderstood, but he was clearly teaching a biblical construct on these types of sins. So you Make sure you know the facts first and make sure you know what was said. Then go to the leadership if it's still something that does goes against the scriptures. See you guys at Calvary Church this weekend, uh, Saturday night, 6 o'clock, 845, 1045. We're in Southeast Aurora. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. See you later. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.